Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency Project podcast. I'm Shelby. A little bit about our project is we focus on promoting health and wellness through activities. Some news I'm excited to announce is a block party we'll be hosting this September. The block party will be here at Kingsville Clinic located on Lee Street. We plan on having a DJ, food trucks, vendors, and a dedication to the Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts. So please save the date for our block party on September 24th. Other events we are looking forward to are embroidery classes, wellness bingo, and our pour paint classes. All these events are free to the community. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at youthprograms underscore CBWF for more details for these upcoming events. And with that, let's get started. Today we have a special guest, Latricia Ganaus. Hi! <laughs> Trish is the director of youth programs here at the Coastal Bend Wellness Foundation. She is an amazing individual, and today I will be focusing on her role in prevention. You ready, Trish? I'm ready. Okay. So first of all, so first off, what are you passionate about? That's a great question. Um, I actually thought about it, and I thought about it like, what are you passionate about, Trish? Um, and so I looked back on my life, and I said, well, obviously, family, right? Um, my daughter, who is a teenager, and she'll be entering high school, so um, just um, give me all of the kudos and advice you can. Um, I'm passionate about um, my education. I am an arts and culture person. I can't paint. I wish I could paint, um, but I love arts. I, I love culture. I go to museums. I take my daughter all the time, and we we take pictures, and we just dream that we could we could do some of the paintings and things that we've seen. Um, I'm passionate about my spirit, spirituality, um, and serving leadership, and just being there for other people. Uh, one of the things I do want to kind of highlight is uh, my education because. Man, I grew up in Detroit, so I was not very passionate about education when I um, grew up in Detroit, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in Detroit around the 80s, and um, I was exposed to a lot. And so um, drugs, um, any type of uh, activity that um, you could probably get arrested for, um, it was visible in my community. Uh, it was visible in my own family. And so education was not at the forefront. I, I, when I was younger growing up, I, that was the last thing on my mind. I wanted to find out where my next meal would be. And so um, I didn't have those active parents in my life to push me to say, hey, you know, go to school, wake up, you know, eat breakfast. Um, I pretty much raised myself and, um, I don't look at it as a bad thing. Uh, I think it's made me who I am, uh, independent, um, you know, supportive. Um, I actually adopted my siblings growing up, and so I, I've taken on a mother figure role at an early age, and so I'm very, very prideful about um, being a, a role model for others. And so I think my career has led me to be a role model for others. Um, as, I, as I adopted my siblings, I thought, where do I wanna go? So it always kind of fell upon me to take the mother role in anything that I was doing. So when I went to high school, 
I was the one that my teammates would come to about whatever because I was always the one that was always one, two steps ahead because I had to be. Um, and so I didn't really find education to be important because I had other things that took precedence um, more so than education. So I, I played sports. I played sports, and so that was my saving grace. And that allowed me to get a, a full scholarship to play basketball. So I played basketball. I went to two-year school after high school, so I went to Lansing Community College. Played uh, at Lansing. I tore my ACL. And so when I tore my ACL, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to play again. And so that was a wake-up call for me to really buy into education because if I could not play again, then I knew I wasn't going back to Detroit. And so I said, well, you need to make some choices. You need to really grow up. And so at that point, I grew up, and I started buying into my education. I started to... Um, experience really some confidence issues because back when I tore my ACL they didn't have all the technology that they had and uh, the doctors would say well you may not ever play again um, and so I thought oh my god if you just give me this one chance to get it right I'll get it right so I worked hard I worked hard I, I worked for public safety at my junior college and um, I had the keys to the gym, so I would go and shoot at night. Now, I chose to work at night because no one was on campus, and so I would actually get a call to go maybe, you know, unlock somebody's car, and so I would just go do that, but um, I worked very hard, and I worked so hard that my second year, I won a national championship. And we only had six players on our team. And I was the point guard. I never played point guard before. I was thinking, this sucks. Um, I'm taking, I have to know all my teammates' roles. I, I knew all of my teammates, where they needed to be on the court. I just, I worked extremely hard. And uh, when I won the championship, um, I say I, when we won, I started getting all these uh, letters from bigger universities and so immediately I thought what am I going to do where am I going to go to school and there was these different pressures right I took visits to Long Beach State um, St. John's but um, Jacksonville State Jackson State uh, where else um, I'll have to think about that one but Growing up and you're like a teenager, mid-20s, and you get to go visit these schools and you don't have to pay a dime for it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is serious. If somebody's going to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for your education, and you better come through with it, right? And so I selected St. John's University in Queens. And um, at that point, I thought, you just can't get your C average. You need to do better. And so education is important to me. Um, I then thought, I am not going to school again. I'm done. I mean, being an athlete and playing a sport, it is unparalleled. People think, oh, you're an athlete. You know, you guys got it made. Your college is paid for. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm on call 24 hours a day. 
Uh, I do um, any type of community service, Habitat for Humanity. Um, in New York, they had the um, New York sports or New York games or something. And we would always have to work those things and do autograph signings or what have you. It was very tough. Um, and I'm, I'm prideful about that. And I think that's an experience within itself because it taught me how to um, really be assertive and then also to kind of multitask and to kind of understand what my role was within my community. So then here I go in 2015, I thought I'm gonna go back to school. So I did, I, I went back, I got my master's degree. I wanted to um, remain into sports or possibly be an athletic director. Um, but I learned a lot in my master's program that I would not ha have otherwise learned in my bachelor's degree because my bachelor's degree um, was in communications. And so um, went back and got my master's. And then just last year, I, got, I go, well, you're kind of bored. You know, I, I read a lot. And, I, and my, my uh, logic is, if you're reading, then why not earn something for that? And I go, okay, well, I, I love to do research and I'm always researching, I'm always looking at articles and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm up at two in the morning, then get a degree. So I did, I, I entered um, school again and um, I actually postponed my doctoral program, but I am since going to re-enter it because I still find that I wanna keep my mind active and keep myself learning and always be better. Mm -hmm. And so passion is me being a better person, and by that I mean my education. So long, long-winded, long y'all will cut some of that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so what are any unique qualities that you may have? So um, I'm loyal. Um, I am, when, when I ride with you, I ride with you. Um, I think that's something that you don't find all the time. Um, I'm not, uh, I don't think flip-flopping and going with the wind is like, um, people in my family will say like, she'll back you, you know, she, 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 that's, that's her thing. And, um, I think that's important to show loyalty. Um, I also am honest. Um, sometimes that can be misconstrued, but I think it's better to be honest and find a way to share honesty. Um, I think that's kind of where I was when I was growing up. I had people, you know, in my community that would say, well, that might not be the best choice, Trish. Mm -hmm. um, so even if I didn't have the parents, I had those checks and balances with people being honest with me. And so I've learned to find a way to do that but also um, it's important to be honest and I, I take that very important because I've always had people depending on me mm -hmm. so my siblings and my 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 family um, that's very important to me um, integrity um, I think integrity is one of those where uh, I was an athlete and so um, we had to take Outside of our regular courses, we had to take classes. We had to take professionalism, how to sit and do an interview, how to eat. We took etiquette classes. Um, we took everything you can think of to be better. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you think about athletes, it's like, oh, they just go out and dribble. Uh, no, we don't. We actually <laughs> are working towards something. And so um, that has made me be, um, you know, integritous. Um, I believe in professionalism and decorum. Um, growing up in Detroit, right? Um, and so being professional and having some level of um, respect for other people. Uh, some people will say, well, respect is earned. And I agree with that to a certain point, but I respect people on site and at face value. Until you show me otherwise, then maybe. But um, I think everyone deserves that um, up front. Now, if you, people feel different, then that's them. But I believe in that. Um, I am unique qualities, and I'm going to go to my master's course because um, we took the Gallup um, Strength, I think it's Strength Finder. Um, it's like 150 questions, <laughs> and it's so strategic, and you had to do it for a grade. And so the computer can kind of tell when it's off and all that. And so my, uh, there were 10 qualities, but the top five, one of them that stuck out to me was big picture thinker. And it started to make me think about, oh, that's why I do what I do. That's why I say what I say, because the bigger picture is, example, it's community. So everything you do is tied into, and so could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but that's one of the unique qualities. And then um, being positive, and um, I've always, always been like, just do it, just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't be fearful, just do it. Like I, me and my best friend got a tattoo, and um, we love Nike, right? And so mine was, at the time, like being fearful of, when I tore my ACL, I had this huge brace on my leg, and the doctor said, you're going to have to take that off one day. You can't just use that as a crutch. So if you're going to tell your ACL, you're going to tear it, whether you have the brace on it or not. And I was thinking in my head, I go, oh. So then I just thought, you know what? You just need to do it. You just need. So I did. I went. I got a tattoo. I started living like, just do it. Don't be afraid. And so that's that's like why I try to remain positive um and sometimes it's a challenge but I'm in my head like how can I turn this around how can I do this how can I say this how can I you know okay if you gamble right (laughs) I don't gamble but you're you're probably like okay I just lost twenty dollars how can I you you know what maybe you should stop no (laughs) But, I mean, there's always something that you can do. So that's that's my answer. Okay. Um, just going over, like, all that, do you think maybe these qualities came from all the responsibilities you took at a young age? For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I believe so. Um, and I don't regret any of them. Like, it warms my heart. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did that. Because there were times where I didn't know, you know, like, I will be the first to say, like, I became an instant parent overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, It's different from um, being in a house where there is someone, an adult there, whether they're there physical or mentally, right? But just running the household without 
you know, the, the necessary skills. I'm mm-hmm. a teenager trying to do this. And then going out on my own, it's, it was a little different. Um, I tell my sister, and we can laugh about it now, but I'm like, do you remember when I forgot you at daycare? <laughs> I was literally working. I was working in Manhattan, and I would stay till 6 or 7 at night, right? And I'm like, there's something else that I should be doing. <laughs> And mind you, I, I worked in Manhattan, and her daycare was it was called Jack and Jill. It was in Queens. And I'm just there, and I'm working, and, and I, I drop everything, and I run out because it's going to take me an hour. And so I'm trying to call the daycare, and I'm like, well, instant parent, right? I was used to doing my own thing. I had to make changes. I had to get better. I had to make schedules. I had to get the kids into activities and just keep up with that. So... Over time, I got better. I'm not probably, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So being a director, a full-time mom, a wife, where do you find spare time? Like, what do you do in your spare time? Man, uh, I am simple these days. (laughs) Really, (laughs) I I will say this. I, I lived in New York for about seven or eight years, and I turned up, right? I, I've partied with um, Jay-Z. I've partied with P. Diddy. I've, I've played basketball, and after basketball, we would go and leave the club at four, right? Mm-mm. No, I'm simple now. So I like to read. <laughs> I like to watch TV, obviously spend time with my family, Um go to the beach and I'm a nerd so I do research I'm on my computer saving articles looking at articles seeing how things tie into one another and so that's why I just need to go back to school because now I'm like oh you see that article it's it's just it's corny <laughs> I'm sorry I'm boring no, no I'm, I'm the exact same way once I got my master's degree I just felt like there was so much new information coming out that I was like Oh, I want to read this. Oh, there's a new documentary out. I gotta watch that. Like yes, yes, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, you have to feed feed your mind, and I I try to do that as much as I can. So it's a good thing. <laughs> so, getting into more serious areas, what problems do the people in your niche face? So that kind of threw me for a loop, because. Niche is, are you saying about my field or in my culture or, because I've done research for my uh, doctoral program as far as like um, emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I started doing research, it started to make me look inwardly like, oh my gosh, I think this might be me. This, This might be something that affects me, but if you think about COVID and what COVID has exposed everybody to, I then was listening to a podcast yesterday and I thought, oh my goodness, this is not only me, this is probably everybody, right? And so I looked at the definition and I, I'm going to read it. Um, <clears throat> the definition of emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, 
and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically, right? And so I think everybody's facing some level of how to process things, right? I had a situation, this happened to me this week, and I was like, I've never felt these feelings before. How do I process this? How do I do this? Like, I always rely on my history of being an athlete, right? Totally different arena. But I've played in front of, like, 15,000 people. They weren't at St. John's. They were at Connecticut, right? So, like, I was nervous, and then I forgot all about those people, right? <laughs> I was – I was, and, and we lost probably about, about 20. But it was like – being an athlete taught you all these other skills, right? How to um, strategize um, weaknesses and strengths, right? How to how to how do you if I don't dribble really well with my left hand, how do I do it with my right hand? And I need to know all of this, right? And so it's weird because I can see in my head all of these things and I can process it, but being that COVID and you know, dealing with people in traffic or dealing with people in the grocery store. And it's like everybody has kind of blanked out. And it's like, I'm going to what I want to go to. And I don't care how I get there. I don't care how you feel. And then it's kind of like, sometimes I see it thinking, I see bubbles over people head, like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, she didn't even see me. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, I do the same thing sometimes. And it's like, I just have to slow down and find a way to process it. And so I feel like if that was something that we all took a minute to do, it's just stop for a second, take a deep breath and think about it. Like I, I'm one of those that I think everything is fixable. Mm -hmm. Like one of my previous employees who's, she's a really good friend of mine now. She's like, you're the most positive person I've ever seen. And I am. But now it's been like, I'm faced with so many different things. How do I process that? How do I, how do I work through that? And I, I meditate daily. I am um, in tune with my spirituality. Um, I have to hear positive things. And I surround myself with positive people. I don't know how to... Um, thrive in a negative environment and I'm working on it because it, it's kind of like where we're headed if we don't change it right so I'm working on it every day so and I think I forgot the question but okay <laughs> no no it's <laughs> fine um so in your opinion what are some fears that come with working in prevention okay um I think think that depends and I wouldn't be able to say um, if there's one particular fear um, I think a lot of life experiences uh, depends on where you live so I can't speak for everybody but I had to relate to my fear as a youth right so like for instance I said I grew up in Detroit I grew up in the 80s um, so in my community I was exposed to a ton of aces um, adverse childhood experiences. Um, and so for me, um, growing up as a youth, I think the one thing that I would want is to feel security, 
right? Um, and with that, um, for me, it came not through parents, but through community and through my my high school coach. Um, when I got to high school, she coached everything. So I played everything. I knew, like, I wasn't going to go home. So whatever she did, I was going to do. And she would load her van up and we'd leave basketball practice or volleyball practice or track practice or softball practice, whatever she coached, we would leave that gym at high school, in high school, around 6, 6.30. And she ran a community center and I'd be there till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So for me, that was security because between the hours of three to whatever, um, I was one that could have easily sold drugs or I could have easily, my high school was located between two projects. So Brewster Projects was where Diana Ross grew, grew up and then the Jeffrey Projects. And to be exposed to guns and all kinds of things, I knew that I was gonna do that if I didn't have sports. And so for whatever reason, I found my coach, Miss Lawrence. And in the summers, it was like AAU, you know, we were doing something, we were traveling somewhere. I was exposed to leaving Detroit. I had never been outside of Detroit and that exposed me to a lot. And so, I mean, my advice would be to simply find something positive to surround yourself with and not everybody's gonna play sports. So I, I even do that for my daughter. I don't force her to do sports, but find something, you know, arts or culture, music, singing, dance. Um, I recently, I bought a violin. Um, I played music. Um, I played instruments when I was in elementary. So I played everything. I played everything. Um, clarinet, they used to have a music program in Detroit and you could take home instruments. And I would just try clarinet, flute. And so violin was the one where I felt like I was good, but I don't know if I was good. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I bought one recently, and I said I had it fitted and everything, and that's one of those things where I want my mind to kind of find a hobby and be taken mm -hmm. away from just every day because I can come in and do the computer every day and do work and do this and do that. But something to just give me an outlet is important. So that's what I would tell people find an outlet find something to be a part of and be passionate about it so last but not least what could you offer to help your listeners solve any issues that come with prevention or any of the fears that come with it also um I would say for 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 um for myself um, and I know people could probably relate, but although all of my experience may not, they may not have been good, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things I can say that were bad, right? Um, but I have to accept those and I have to um, kind of take those and, and say, those are the experiences that I, they made me who I am. And whether I'm proud of them or not, um, it's important to have those experiences. They make you smarter. They make you wiser. They teach you how to problem solve. You know what to do or what not to do. 
Um, and some choices you make may be good or bad, but um, I was thinking about this question and I thought about it and I kind of wrote down something um, because it took me back to when I lived in New York and I was supposed to start my first day of work at Citibank in in Manhattan on Mm 9-11. And so... (laughs) I was on the wrong bus. I was headed. I was on the QM11 going into the Queens Midtown Tunnel. And it was congested. And I was like, I'm never going to make it to work on time. My first day, something's going on. I left so early um, because I didn't know where I was supposed to be reporting. And so I'm on this bus. And before we go into the tunnel, we saw the, the plane circling the World Trade Center. And so immediately we see the flames, right? And everybody on the bus start to cry and scream like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And there's the second plane going around. And then we go into the tunnel. And we go into the tunnel. It's so quiet. It's like before where it was chaotic, it just, if you ever seen a movie where, um, I think, what's that movie, Vantage Point, where it just goes quiet. That's exactly how it went. And so we're entering in the tunnel. We get to where you can see the light, and you're coming out of the tunnel, and immediately all the noise comes back. People are running in the street. You see people covered in stuff. And I don't know what to say, and I'm just, like, shocked. Um, and so finally this girl got a little bit of um, frequency because the tower actually was the way you got communication. Mm -hmm. Um, She finally said, we've been hit, we've been hit. And so we're starting to get all these updates and everything about what had happened. And the bus driver comes on, he had a microphone and he said, I'm sorry folks, but we're not, no one's getting off, no one's getting on. So we go past the Empire State Building We end up on, I want to say Williamsburg Bridge, but we end up on this bridge. And clearly I can, we can see the towers, right? So we're looking at the towers. And so now we get, we're getting all these reports about which way it's going to go. Is it going to topple over? Is it going to go? So we don't know, but we can see it, right? So it's like it could potentially come our way, but eventually we get to where we're on the expressway. And I kind of heard a commotion, and I was uh, looked in the direction of the towers, and I heard a commotion, and I turned my head to see what was going on, and there were these two guys, kind of like the taxi driver was like, "You're gonna pay me, you're gonna pay me," and the whatever, and I turned my head real quick, the tower fell, and I turned back around, and I go, "No, no, 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 it, it was there, it was there, it was there," and so then. I'm looking at the second one, and I'm like, I'm not taking my eyes off that tower. And then finally, you could kind of see it go down. And instantly, these emotions come over me. And so I find a way to get back to my sister's school. I had my sisters at the time, and they were, my youngest one was little. And I thought, I was hopeless. I was like, oh, my God, the world is ending. What am I going to do? How do you get past this? What? And all these emotions started coming over me, and I thought, how do we get past it, right? How do, and so when I, when I saw this question, I go, as bad as I felt then, 
where I felt like everything was ending. The world was ending. I couldn't call my family. They didn't know if I was alive or not. They knew that I worked in the World Trade Center, but I had worked there years earlier. I, I didn't have the same job. Mm-hmm. I was going to Citibank. But um, I started thinking, man, I've overcome a lot, right? Where I thought, you don't know what's going to happen. They started saying all these different things were going on. Um, certain um, sites were getting hit. And, you know, if you think something is really bad, it may be at the time, but to be able to get through it, mm-hmm. get past it, you're able to, right? And that's like sports. That's like life. You overcome it, and at that time, just just breathe because it may be bad, right? Mm-hmm. But it gets better. So that's what I thought about it. Well, that's amazing. I love that story. I I don't think I've met well anybody that was actually there and saw what happened at 9-11. Uh, you have actually gone through a lot, especially at such a young age, taking on the responsibilities of pretty much being a mom and then, you know, still going through and getting your education. You put sports in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're going to help me with my dissertation, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need all the help. <laughs> and now you're here as a director. That's a lot to accomplish. Mm. And still such a young age also. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to thank you for thank being you. here today. It was amazing hearing your stories. Thank you. So, folks, that's all we have for today. I want to thank you all for listening. And please stay tuned for more resiliency stories and interviews to come. <laughs>